Can we stand as we take the word tonight? And our scripture comes from Jeremiah chapter 1, and I will read in your hearing from verses 1 to 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, 1 to 10. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, said the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand, and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See... I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Our subject topic tonight is predicament or commissioned. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for sparing our lives and bringing us here at this juncture tonight. There were many who started out today but are not with us anymore because their lives have come to an abrupt end. But we are here alive and we give you thanks. As we open the Word of God today, we pray that you will show us the intricacies and that you will make these things applicable to our lives so that tonight when we leave this place, we can get a message that would have resonated with us and will be with us for the rest of our lives. Again, we pray, I pray this prayer that I've prayed before. God, if there is anything in this preacher that will prevent your word from reaching your people, please take it away. And I pray, Father, that you will be heard, you will be lifted up, that both preacher and congregation can sit at your footstool and drink from the fountain of knowledge that flows only from you, so that when we leave this place, we all can be blessed and we all can dedicate our lives to live for you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. According to the Collins Compact English Dictionary, a commission is a duty given to a person or a group to perform. Uh, 
group of people appointed to perform certain duties. Authority to perform certain duties and to grant authority to someone to perform certain duties. I will say this again because this is the basis of our message. Uh, according to the Collins Compact English Dictionary, a commission is a duty given to a person or a group to perform, a group of people appointed to perform certain duties, authority to perform certain duties, and to grant authority to someone to perform duties. Tonight, in this message, we will look at three commissions, and we will read them, and then we will come back to Jeremiah's to see ourselves in that commission. The first one we just read in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. You would agree with me that based upon the description that was given and the message that was given to Jeremiah and the, the, the definition of commission that I've just read to you that Jeremiah was commissioned. Would you agree that with me? He was given specific duties. He was told that he had authority to perform these duties. And he was told that he had not only authority personally, but he had authority to give other people authority as well. So you can agree with me that Jeremiah was commissioned. If you thus agree that with me, then I would ask you to turn to Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21. And while you're getting it, it's a familiar passage. It's a passage that we use to say that we should worship God on the Sabbath day because Jesus Christ himself worshiped on the Sabbath day. Therefore, he is Lord of the Sabbath. So if you are going to church and you are worshiping on any other day that's not Saturday, the Sabbath day, then you are not doing what Jesus Christ has done and will continue to endorse throughout eternity. What I'm saying here is, is that if you are not worshiping God on His holy day, then you are not doing the right thing. You need to worship God on His Sabbath day. So Luke 4, 16 to 21 tells us that at the same time, this text gives us the commission of Jesus Christ that was written by Isaiah uh, five, uh, 600 years, six to 700 years before Jesus Christ was born. Now, Isaiah wrote this about Jesus six to seven years before Jesus Christ was born in the book of Isaiah. So let's see what it says. It says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister or the attendant in the King James Version and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, this day is this scripture fulfill in your hearing or in your ears. In other words, today as I sit with you on my Sabbath day, on the one and only Sabbath day, this scripture is fulfilled because I am he who Isaiah wrote about six years, 6,000 years before, 600 years before. I am he who Isaiah wrote about and now I'm come and I've found the place in Isaiah where it is written and I am here because I am healing the brokenhearted. Somebody ought to hear me here. I'm setting the captives free. I'm delivering sight to the blind. I'm making the dumb talk. I'm raising the dead. I'm saying that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm preaching to the poor. I'm giving voice to the women. Somebody ought to hear me here. I'm giving voice to children. I am there to set the captives free. He says, today it is fulfilled in your hearing. According to this description, you would agree with me that Jesus was also commissioned, isn't it? He had his work, as we would say in local parlance, cut out for him. (laughs) He had his script given to him. Uh, That was given 600 years before he was even born. He knew exactly what would happen and what he had to do. So I'm glad that you agree with me that Jeremiah was commissioned. I'm glad that you agree with me that Jesus was commissioned. And now what about us? Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. You should be able to recite this uh, by memory, but it's fine. I will read it for you so that we don't miss a word because it is important. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. You know this. And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, he's about to ascend to heaven, and he's giving us our authority, our commission. He is setting us apart to do his work. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world or the end of the age. Note verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. In other words, I have the authority to commission you, to send you, to empower you, to enable you to do my will. Now, would you agree with me, therefore, 
I'm looking for a set of agreements here tonight, Pastor, because this message is going to get deeper and deeper. Are you agreeing with me, therefore, that we have been commissioned? Can I see a vote? Not for the Democrats or the Republicans, but a vote for Jesus to say yes. Good. So, you would agree with me that Jeremiah was commissioned. You will agree with me that Jesus Christ was commissioned. And you agree with me that we are commissioned. Well, let's go back to Jeremiah's commission because in the way Jeremiah behaved in his commission, we will see ourselves and the way we behave with our commission. Remember, our message tonight is predicament or responsibility. And oftentimes we see our commission as a predicament and not as a responsibility or a commission. We see it as a predicament. So watch this. Jeremiah began. You remember what they said, what Jesus, what God said to Jeremiah? He said, Jeremiah, you will go, you will preach, you will tear down, you will pull down. In other words, Jeremiah, you will create a storm with a gospel for me. And Jeremiah tried to back out and say, oh, Lord, Lord, I am just a little boy. I can't do this. A big man. He's saying, I'm just a little boy. I'm just a youth. I can't do this. And Jesus said, okay, don't worry. Just, I'll touch your mouth. I'll put things in there. I'll take away the stammer. I will take away the stuttering speech. I will put words there. I will give you fluency. I will make you a golden tongue preacher. You will preach for me. You will do my will because I have chosen you before you were born. So Jeremiah started out with great enthusiasm. And as he, the more he preached and the more he did what he was commissioned to do, the less results he got. As a matter of fact, he got no results. And after a time, when Jeremiah saw that he was getting no results according to what he was looking for, he was not getting the results that he was looking for, Jeremiah decided that he would rebel. Now watch this. Watch what Jeremiah says now in Jeremiah chapter 20. That's where I want you to go. Just hold Jeremiah there. Jeremiah 27 and 8. I'm, 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 this, this message tonight, I'm, I'm intricately putting you through the word so you can understand what's going on here. Jeremiah 20, 7 and 8, 14 to 18. I'll read it for you. Just hold Jeremiah 20 and 21 there. That's where we'll go and that's where we stay tonight. Jeremiah chapter 20, 7 and 8. I'll read. O Lord, Thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily, everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Jeremiah is now blaming God for his failure. He says, curse be the day in verse 14, wherein I was born. Let that day, not the day wherein my mother bear me be blessed. And he says, curse be the man who brought tidings to my father. Uh, Doc, he, he says, the, the man who, you see that man who brought tidings, the, the news that I was born? Let him be cursed as well. I'm glad I was not that man, Doc, <laughs> brought the news <laughs> that, that Jeremiah was born. He says, let him be cursed as well. 
saying, my child be born unto thee, making him uh, very glad. He says, and let that man be as the cities which the Lord overthrew, and repented not, and let him hear the cry in the morning, and the shouting at noontide, because he slew me not from the womb, nor that my mother might have been my grave, and her womb to be always great with me. Wherefore came I out of the womb to see labor and sorrow, that my days should be consumed with shame? In other words, Jeremiah said, Lord, I am not doing this anymore because I am just being made to look like a fool because the commission that you give me is not working out because I'm not seeing any results. And so first of all tonight, note this, Jeremiah resigned. He said, Lord, I'm done with this. I am done. I resign. I'm done with this Christianity thing because it's not working out. I'm done with this Jesus thing because it's not working out. I'm done with this church thing because it's not working out. All my friends are having fun. Everybody seems to be having a life of the party. And here is poor me in church and it's not making sense anymore. I'm done. Oh, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. I've been preaching. I've been teaching. I've been doing all kinds of stuff. But I see nobody getting baptized. I see nobody giving their lives to Jesus. I see nobody being changed. I'm done. He resigns. As a matter of fact, he got so, uh, so depressed, he went into depression. And when you go into depression, you, you, you are upset, you are tearful, you, you are restless, you are agitated, you are irritable, you feel guilty, you feel worthless, you are down on yourself, you feel empty, you feel numb, you are isolating yourself from people, you are un unable to relate to people, you are finding no pleasure in life or in things or any joy anymore, you have no sense of, uh, you have a sense of unreality, no, no self-confidence or no self-esteem. You, you are hopeless. You, you are despairing. You are suicidal. You are avoiding social activity, self-harming, finding it difficult to speak clearly. You are losing interest in, in even conjugal relationships with your, your wife or with your husband. You have difficulty in remembering or, or concentrating on things that uh, you're using. You go to drugs and, and alcohol and, and all kinds of stuff. You have difficulty sleeping and, 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 and or you're sleeping too much. You feel tired all the time. There is no appetite. There, you're losing weight. You're, you're eating too much. You're gaining weight. You have physical aches and pains and, 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 and all kinds of physical causes. You're moving slowly. You're restless. You're agitating. Uh, he resigned. How do we resign? How do we resign? We resign by our actions. We resign by our actions. You see, it was an intellectual resignation and, and resignation to life and its ills and, and everything else always begins intellectually. 
We resign intellectually. We, we do nothing. We do absolutely nothing as a, as, a, as a person, as a member of the church. We just go with the flow. Whenever there is entertainment, we are present. We ignore the constant appeals. They can come up here and beg you as much as they can. Then you will not hear them because you have resigned. We, we resign because we, we try to reason things away. Well, if I don't do it, somebody else will do it. If I don't do it, a pastor will do it. He's being paid. So he is the one who has to do it. That's a form of resignation. Our resignation takes a the form of, of church politics as well, where we no longer seek to win souls for the kingdom of God, but instead we put, up, uh, put our energies into who will be the next leader, the next elder, the next president, the next pastor. Oh, we, we resign because we have failed once or twice, and we say, that's it. I will not do it again. They have closed the doors in my face too many times. I'm not going back out there, Pastor Liverpool. They have rejected me so many times out there. I'm not doing work for God anymore. We resign when because we have gotten into some trouble once or twice. We think that God has given up on us. And therefore, we are not worthy anymore of God's blessings and God's grace. We are just not worthy. We resign. We resign because we have failed an exam and we have failed it again and we have failed it again. And so we resign. We say, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be homeless or I'm going to live on benefits. I'm gonna... We resign socially as well when we say, oh, I just can't cope. I just can't fit in. I just can't mix. There is nothing there for me. We resign. We resign spiritually when we think and when we say and we pray and God has not done what we want God to do. We resign from God. Because somehow we tell ourselves that whatever we ask God for, he should give us. And if he doesn't give us, then he's a bad God. We resign when the evangelism as a church is not the lifeblood of the church. I could remember back in the day, see, I became an evangelistic director at a very young age as, uh, as, as in, in my ministry. Very, very young. I must have done just one or two districts. I, I think I, I started working in 94, and by 97, they called me. To the conference office and said, oh, you know, the, the brethren have chosen you to be the evangelism director for the conference. And then, then they brought Dr. Early Cleveland, retired way back then, and he was still active around, and they brought him in to give us some training. There are a couple of young ones around, and they brought him in to give us some training. And he, I remember that he, put, he called me out of the crowd, and, and he put his hand on me, and he said, I want to illustrate something to you. And, uh, and so he used me as the illustration, and he put his hand on me, and he tells a story. He says that when he was a pastor, they sent him to pastor a church that was a bit far away, but it was a very big church. It was a very sophisticated church. It, this church had every single thing that you can think about. It was well furnished. It was well equipped. It had all the pipe organs and all the modern things that you can think about. The church was rich in, in, in its infrastructure. It was rich in terms of the, the, the few members who were there. But when he walked in, they had about 
uh, 10 members who in this massive building that had every single thing in. And one of the most significant things about this church was that it was opposite a cemetery. And so the members just moved from the church into the cemetery. You understand what I'm talking about? They moved, the cemetery was right over the road. So they moved from the church into there. And those 10 that were there now, they were looking around to see who would be next. They were old and golden ripe and they were looking around to see who will be next. Who will next take the walk across the road to the cemetery. And so when he got there, he dropped down on his knees and he says, Lord, help me. Why did they do this to me? But he took that task seriously and he began to work and he began to visit and he began to work with those same 10 feeble members and they began to go out in the community and in the space of three years the church was filled somebody ought to hear me here and they also started planting another one Somebody ought to hear me here tonight. He said, son, and then he, I can still feel his big hands. You, if you have ever known Elder Cleveland, he had these massive hands. I can still feel his big hands on my shoulder as a young man aspiring to do my best for God. I can feel his hands on my right shoulder squeezing. And he said, son, remember that evangelism is the lifeblood of the church. If you don't do it, you will die. Evangelism is the lifeblood of the church. We resign because we think that God has not called us to do his work. We resign when the dead becomes more important than soul winning. We resign. And so Jeremiah did not see the results that he was looking for, so he resigned. What about you tonight? In your life, are you at that stage in your life, in your existence, in your spiritual life where you think that God is not doing enough for you and with you? Or do you think that God is, has left you? Maybe you're a young man looking at me online, and you think that today's your last, you know, got a call last night when I got in. Someone was just about to give up. And they reached out to me on social media to say, this is it. The only concern I have is that I need to do it cleanly so that I don't suffer. Are we, are you at that stage where you're thinking, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this life anymore. I am going to resign to death. Resign to living a life as a pew warmer, just warming the pews and coming together as if the church is just a social club or something. I just come, I just come because I have no life here. Resign as a person to say, God, Jesus Christ cannot do anything for me. Then this message is for you tonight. Because watch how this message will end. Watch how it will go. So we are at a stage now, we are in Jeremiah's commission, because he did not see what God was doing, and he did not see the results that he was looking for. He resigned. His resignation was an intellectual one. He was just not doing anything anymore. Well, 
Jeremiah chapter 21, and you therefore need a preacher to unpack these things for you. Jeremiah 21, and I read in your hearing, the word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah sent unto him Pasha the son of Melchiah, the Zephaniah the son of Messiah, the priest, saying, Inquire, I pray thee, of the Lord for us. Now, remember that Zedekiah did not want to hear uh, Jeremiah's voice. You see, Zedekiah had around him a lot of false prophets, and they would tell him whatever he wanted. But suddenly, he's not hearing the voice of Jeremiah. And he becomes very uncomfortable because now he faces a crisis. The Babylonians are at the gate of the city. So he sends to Jeremiah and he says, Enquire, I pray thee, of all the Lord for us. For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, make it war against us. If so be that the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works, that he may go up from us. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons, that's verse 4, that are in your hands, that are in your hands, wherewith ye fight against the king of Babylon and against the Chaldeans, which beseech you without the walls. And I will assemble them into the midst of this city. And unto this people thou shalt say, Thus said the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He that abideth in the city shall die by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. But he that goeth out and falleth on the Chaldeans that besiege you shall live and his life shall be unto him. Ah, isn't this Jeremiah who had just resigned? See, Jeremiah resigned, but God had not left him. Somebody ought to hear me here tonight. I, I, wish if I, I wish if I had a witness somewhere. I wish if I had a witness somewhere. Jeremiah resigned, but God had not left him. When he opened his mouth to tell the messengers, I don't do this anymore. I don't prophesy about God or about things anymore. I am done with my commission. I'm done with the work that God has given to me. I am done. I am done. I am done. I've resigned. I am not doing this anymore. He opens his mouth. And what comes out? The word of God. And Jeremiah himself confesses in Jeremiah 20 and verse 9. He said, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with foreboring, and I could not stay. In other words, I could not keep still. The word of God was just in my bones. It was bubbling up in my bones. It was all over. Over me, it was up in my head and down in my toe and in my heart and in my hands and everywhere around me. I could not stay. It was fire in my bones. Let me tell you something. When Jeremiah experienced that, my second point tonight is this: Jeremiah. Resigned with God. <laughs> you, you, know, you don't understand. Maybe I have to say it like a little boy would say, he signed back. Yes. Jeremiah resigned. And when he saw that God had not left him, he resigned yes. with God. 
He resigned with God. Oh, church, tonight, how do we resign with God? We resign with God by acknowledging that it's futile to run from God. If he is not glorified by you, he will be glorified upon you one of these days. So you better glorify him. How do we resign with God? By saying, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And I say to you tonight, why not do for once not what you want to do, but what God wants you to do? How do we resign with God? We resign with God through repentance, survival, and reformation. Oh, somebody ought to hear me here tonight. Repentance means that I have to come to God and say, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And as thou bids me come, O Lamb of God, I come to thee. Don't come bigging yourself up to God. Don't come telling God about all your accomplishments and how your CV, the length of your CV. God's not interested in that. God wants to know your heart. What's in there? And he wants to change your heart and to make you into the kind of person that he wants you to be. You may have wandered far away from God, but now it's time to come back home. You young man, you young lady, you may have wandered far away from God. You may have been disobedient to your parents and to the word of God. But tonight God is saying, it's time to come back home. Resign with God. You may have resigned from him because somebody may have talked bad about you in the church. Yes, we don't have nice people sometimes in the church, but we do have a whole lot of nice ones as well. Somebody may have said something about you, some discouragement, some sin may have befallen you and you fall away because you are ashamed of what you have done. But tonight I am saying to you based upon the authority of God's word, come home. God will not leave you. Jeremiah says, look, curse be the day that I was born. He says, God, you smart me or you tricked me. You are the one, you're stronger than me and you made me do this commission. All of that God did not bother with Jeremiah. He looked beyond his faults and saw his need and God never left him. And when he saw how compassionate God was, he resigned with God. You may have given up on God tonight. You may have given up on his word, given up on his church, given up on his people. I say tonight, resign yes. with God. You may have given up on some church posts because you think that somebody criticized you, somebody said this about you, somebody said that about you, and you just want to just give it up, say, I'm not going to be this, I'm not I'm hiding my talent, take away my talent from the church because the church is going to suffer because I'm not doing it. Let them try there, you know, let them do. No! Resign with God! Because God has not left you. And I would always tell my young people that effort belongs to us, but success belongs to God. 
Not because you're not seeing that prayer answered. Not because you're not seeing the end from the beginning. That means that God has left you. No. God will bring success in his time. Oh, uh, Brother Enos, you know, he says, the song, the chorus says, in his time, in his time, he makes all things new in his time. Lord, please show me every day. Oh, somebody ought to hear me here. He says, in his time, we, we resign when we consecrate our minds to do the things of God. We resign by allowing God to kindle a burning fire within us. There are times in our Christian experiences where we get cold, like the winter, like the winters of, of, of Michigan. We get cold, we get hard, we get our hearts are hardened. The times, the problems, the difficulties, the mortgages, the payments, the bills, everything come down upon us. And we get cold. When I go back to England, we have just had to, while I'm here, we are going through this process of remortgaging and, and, and all of that because the, the mortgage, the refinancing, you say here, we say remortgaging there and all of that. And because of the silly mistakes of the government, everything is gone. So double, everything that I was paying has gone double now in the mortgage. That's not going to get me down. Because the God I serve owns not only the ATMs around the world, but he owns all the banks in the world. And he can take care of us. Sometimes our hearts get cold. But we need to rise above self-pity because failure is an attitude, not just an outcome. Somebody ought to hear me here. We need to resign because when we resign, we will change our negative thoughts about, about life, about success, about the church, about evangelism, about Christ. We need to resign because success comes by going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. We need to resign by learning from our experience. You see, failure isn't failure unless you learn nothing from it. We need to resign because failure isn't failure until you, unless you learn nothing from it. What you consider to be failure is God's way of making you stronger. Somebody ought to hear me here tonight. I wish I had a witness. What we consider to be failure is God's way of making us stronger. So Jeremiah recognized that the greatest power he had in his life was God. And he resigned. Well, Somebody will say, well, preacher, that's the end of the story. Because Jeremiah resigned. God did not leave him. God came through for him. Now he is resigned. It is all well and good. He is back with God. And that's the end of the story. So let me close down this computer and let me just go and let sis come on and do the final closing and let's go home. 
You're not yet. Not yet. Not so fast. Your dinner is not getting cold. It's just there. You're going to get it when you get home. Not so fast. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 22, Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 1 to 9, and I will read quickly in your hearing. Thus said the Lord, go down to the house of the king of Judah and speak there this word. And say here the word of the Lord, O king Judah, that sitteth upon the throne of David, thou and thy servants, and thy people that enter in thy gates. Thus said the Lord, execute ye judgment and righteousness, and deliver the spoil out of the hand of the oppressor. And do no wrong, do no violence to the stranger, to the fatherless, or to the widow, neither shed innocent blood in this place. For if ye do these things indeed, then shall there enter in by the gates of this house kings sitting upon the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses. He and his servants and his people. And you can read the rest when you go home. But if you will not hear these words, I swear by myself, said the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. And you can read the rest of this when you go home. Jeremiah now resigned with God and Jeremiah taught that this was it. Oftentimes, when we get into a better relationship with Jesus Christ, having gone through the trials and the storms and the turmoils, having repented of our sins, having been in the closet and prayed and, 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 and recommitted ourselves, having come back to church, uh, having wandered far away from God and come in, or having come in new into church, being baptized, many people think that that's it. Well, no, that's not it. Because God's not done with you yet. So God calls Jeremiah and he says, Now that you have resigned, I will, my second and last point, reassign you. Somebody ought to hear me here tonight. <laughs> Somebody ought to hear me here tonight. <laughs> he says, He says, You resign. But I didn't leave you. You resign. I accept you. Now you are reassigned. You've been prophesying in the countrysides and far away. And the king always has to send messengers to you. But now I want you to go down to the king's palace and do the work. I, I, I want you to go down to the White House. Somebody ought to hear me here. <laughs> I want you to go down to Buckingham Palace. I want you to go to the seat of power. And I want you to let them know that they need to do justice and righteousness and mercy. They need to take care of the poor and the widow. They need to take care of the orphan and the stranger that's in the land. They need to take care of those who are suffering and those who need help. And they need to adhere to what God says because if they don't then this place will become a desolation yeah. and perhaps God is saying to us with the next chance that he has given to us that we need to do something different we need to be reassigned some of us have been sitting down for too long we need to go different be reassigned how are we reassigned well, we are reassigned by doing things differently, but clinging to the same old gospel. Somebody ought to hear me here. How do you reassign as a church? Having a big mind, a different mindset. 
How are you reassigned as an individual? By taking a second, a third, a fourth look at yourself and seeing your opportunities through spirit eyes. Somebody ought to hear me here. How are we reassigned? We are reassigned by establishing new goals because failure is an opportunity to begin again but more intelligently. Somebody ought to hear me here. How are we reassigned? Human limitations are not important. God is bigger than our limitations. Somebody say amen. How are we reassigned? God always enables his witnesses to speak his word with power. Somebody ought to hear me here. Because success, according to Winston Churchill, sorry I had to just throw him in here, because he said something. He says that success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Somebody say amen. End of quote. I'm going to say it again because somebody needs to hear it. That success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Winston Churchill said that. God says to each of us, it is time for us to be reassigned. Hear this. And I just want to be up to date here now. Let's trust the outgoing British Prime Minister. Well, she's gone now. She said, it is not because things are difficult that we do not dare. It is because we do not dare that they are difficult. Ah, she must have read the Bible, but uh, actually it's Seneca, the philosopher who said this. And then, and then, and then, and then Richie, Richie Sunak, the, the now prime minister, said this on the 25th of October as he gave his acceptance speech. He said, but when the opportunity to serve comes along, you cannot question the moment, only your willingness. Mm. Well. <laughs> Somebody out of here, here today. Amen. When the opportunities to serve comes along, you cannot question the moment, only your willingness. And I would like to say when the opportunity to be reassigned comes along, you can question the moment, but it is your willingness that will make it happen. Some of us have been stuck too long in a rut. It is time for God to reassign us. Some of us have been stuck too long in our philosophies that have no biblical base and grounding and it's time for God to reassign us. Some of us have been stuck in our spiritual lives for so long doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. God wants to reassign you. To something different. Some of us have been stuck in our jobs, stuck in our social and economical situations for so long. God says there is better. He wants to reassign you. Some of us have been stuck in sin for a long time. Even as the music plays, God wants to reassign. 
us to a better life in Jesus Christ. As I bring this to a close here tonight, you know, there's a song, a beautiful song that I love. Worthy is the Lamb. And the, some of the, the words say, Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid, bearing all my sin and shame. In love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for this love, Lord. Thank you for the nail-pierced hands. Wash me in your cleansing flow. Now all I know is your forgiveness in your embrace. And the refrain says, worthy is the Lamb. Seated on the throne, crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious, high and lifted up. Jesus, Son of God, the darling of heaven crucified, worthy is the Lamb. You may have resigned, but God is willing to accept you. So resign with him. And when you resign with him, he will take you to different places of reassignment. He will take you to places that you have never known that you can get to, heights that you have never climbed. And God will not only take you to these places in this life physically, but in the life to come, God will take you to live with him forever and forever. Anybody here want to see Jesus? <laughs> Anybody want to hear, want to see Jesus? For yourself, to live with him forever and forever, to see him in his glory, to experience when there'll be no more pain and death and troubles and trials. Tonight, I want you to make Jesus Christ your priority. Numbers are on the screen. Call those numbers. Sign up. Say, Pastor, Elder, I want to be baptized. I want to study the Bible. I want to come back to church. I want to know Jesus Christ. I may have resigned, but I'm willing to resign so that I can be reassigned in the name of Jesus Christ. Call those numbers. Text those numbers. Email the church. Say something to somebody because salvation is in this house. Salvation is here offered full and free in Jesus so that you and I can be saved. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Father, we thank you for your message to us today. God, you have really touched our hearts you have spoken to our consciences. And at the same time, you have given us hope because you have chosen us in you to live victorious lives. So we thank you for the cross. And we thank you for the victory that is in Jesus Christ. May somebody tonight be liberated. May somebody be saved. May somebody be prevented doing, taking their own lives. 
May somebody come off of drugs. May somebody come off of alcohol and pornography and whatever vice that might be holding them back because Jesus, take the wheel and save us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.